wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Welcome back to another edition of Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan show. I'm Michael Singh, and on today's show, Toronto FC have played a game. They finally got one under their belt, so we'll dive into a little bit of their first friendly of the season against Nashville this past Friday. Uh, we'll have a little bit of a, a game, let's call it, a little bit later <laughs> on. Um, and we'll also discuss this week's uh, burning question, which we posed to you guys. Uh, based on last week's game, we went over who you thought should be loaned, traded, or sold before the season opener. So I was actually really curious just to hear everyone's thoughts. Um, but before we get into all of that, Jeffrey Pinasker, happy belated birthday, my guy. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Uh, What'd you do? Yeah. Uh, not much. Had a few friends over on uh, on the night. Went out with uh, my wife for some cocktails at uh, the bar Otherworld. Have you have you heard of it? It's like a I've sci-fi theme bar. Yeah, yeah. It's actually the same location as what used to be like one of the diviest pool halls in in Queen Street West. So it was it was pretty interesting to see it all done up as like a shishi frou frou, uh, eighteen dollar cocktail place. I will say cocktails <laughs> weren't so bad. They weren't so bad. The nachos, I would avoid. Don't eat food in these shishi fru fru bars, man. Just get a slice of pizza before or afterward. Honestly, that's the move. <laughs> nice. Is that like a birthday tradition? You guys go to the pub usually? No, no, no. My birthday tradition, strangely enough, uh, thanks to a little thing called the pandemic, has been uh, making Arby's. a really stupid ride to uh, to Burlington, to my, uh, <laughs> to my favorite Arby's. And... Uh, Yesterday, I, I exclusively ate beef and cheddars. I, I got four of them uh, at lunchtime, and I spaced it out over the course of the day. And, <laughs> you got and, four and of I, them. Yeah, it maybe was a. It might have been a bad idea. I, I feel a little, <laughs> a little, a little less than human today. Um, but they are so delicious. I, I can't help myself. I might not do four again. Who are we kidding? I'm definitely going to do four again. Maybe five <laughs> the next time. But. Uh, you know, what What are you going to do? Calorie-wise, it, it really wasn't that big of a deal. They're 400 each. So, like, as long as you don't eat anything else, you're well within your rights to eat that. Yeah, anything else for the rest of the week. Nothing. No vegetables either. Absolutely zero vegetables. Alicia pointed that out. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm well within my, uh, my nutritional uh, 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 needs, you know, beef, cheese bread she's like what about vegetables and i'm like i'm just gonna go to bed <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you got some meat sweats comments in the chat um oh my god so much meat sweats it was ridiculous it's funny enough i remember like during that pandemic time we were pushing for that rb sponsorship and that's because mm -hmm. of your love for rb so let's let's keep pushing rbs if you're listening we're never gonna get it there's like three locations in all of ontario and they're slowly dwindling to zero we, so we reach a we reach a global audience Jeffrey Pinasker. We're beyond Toronto. I'm, I mean, anyone in the chat, comment where you where you're watching from. I want to know if it's it's beyond uh, the greater Florida, I believe. Uh and I and I think uh where is where is G Money? He's uh man, I'm not scrolling that far back in the chat. I I my eyes chat's are bumping break, but, today. Uh, chat's alive. Yeah, chat's bumping today. Yeah, yeah. But uh no, I don't think we're getting that RB sponsorship to answer your question. I'd love it. <laughs> Yeah, the global Toronto area. Shout out to TFC. <laughs> um, 
That was a good one. <laughs> All right, perfect. We got downtown Toronto. Hey, Kitchener, Waterloo, Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. The KW. See, we're so we're at least Ontario wide. Oh, Niagara Falls, New York, though. See, we're global. Mm. No, I think he's uh, he's he's telling you uh, that's where an Arby's is, and I've been there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Actually, one more favor to ask the chat before we mm. before we kind of dive in. So, those of you who don't know, I I split Toronto FC season tickets with three or four other people every single year. Right. So I we do a draft every year and we get four or five uh tickets games a year so it's a snake draft obviously first overall picks going to be very coveted this year as mm-hmm. it's going to be the Lionel Messi sweepstakes the inner miami sweepstakes but i'm actually curious like be, i haven't had the time i've just been so busy to actually map out tfc schedule so if anyone in the chat has any like suggestions for which games I should be prioritizing and which games I should be keeping mm, my on for my draft question. list, please give me some recommendations throughout. I think CNE games are obviously always pretty coveted around there. You get the double access, busier time of the year. But anything else, let me know. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Um, okay, Did before you, we get in, go ahead. Game? Did you already One more time? the messy game? Or? Did you already no, lose the messy game? I don't know. We're going to do it at 9 p.m. tonight, so I'm not sure okay. exactly where I have the the draft pick. I think we do it kind of live on camera and stuff like that, the draft. I have a, so, I have a few more questions. What yeah. is the group consensus for people, the person that gets the messy tickets, selling them? That's to a good question. College? That's yeah, a good yeah. question. <laughs> I mean, you got to you got to set up some, round, some ground rules, right? I mean, you're one of the most agreeable people I know, so you're not going to be pissed off. It was just water off your back yeah. and you're like whatever but like if you win them okay question one if you win them are you going to sell them i think so yeah i think so of course i think i would i think i would mm-hmm. i got I, you guys know i got the the Lionel messi inner miami kit so like it's I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a messi fan so me saying i would sell them it does it does hurt me but when you see the prices it's going for, I mean, come on. You could it's pay no for your entire season tickets for the next yeah. like four years by selling those tickets. Yeah, it's so, an absolute no-brainer. I mean, I'm still I, a, I, yeah. I'm still a TFC fan over a Lionel Messi fan, so I would rather prioritize getting three seasons worth of tickets over the one. I game. like money. Money's pretty cool. And, and, you know, this is essentially free money. You don't look a gift horse in the mouth and forget about the context. He's probably not going to play whatever, you know, guarantee he's probably <laughs> going to play. Uh, I love it. But yeah. Andre in the chat, sell yeah. for $500 and buy them back for $40 when it's announced Messi won't be there. <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, I don't know if you, if you were up on, on the Hong Kong uh, debacle, but you know, they're now saying, obviously he didn't play. He didn't feature. Uh, they got booed out of there. People were like breaking their their Lionel Messi cardboard cutouts in in protest. And now there's language that that his appearance was uh, part one of the stipulations of the of the actual appearance in Hong Kong in the first place. So that Inter Miami were in violation of their deal to host that to host the game because Messi didn't play. This is getting crazy, you know, like. It's pretty odd. I can't think of a sporting event where you would guarantee the appearance of somebody, especially on the wrong side of 30. 
you know, there are strange precedents being set up, like the Chicago Fire giving free tickets, free season tickets to everybody that that complained about Messi not showing up last season, essentially, or whatever the hell they were doing. I'm exaggerating, but strange precedences are getting established. It'll be interesting to see at the end of this MLS season what's going on if there are announcements as he's going to play or not. You know, we're we're certainly we're certainly uh, in the in the year of messy league soccer, and uh, I I think it's going to be interesting sort of following along how how this kind of breaks the world. Yeah, for those who didn't hear, like Lionel Messi missed the game because of injury. Um... So it's it's really strange the way that all that stipulations work. And yeah, you're right. Something we haven't seen before, because I don't know if we've seen a, a team go on tour like this from Major League Soccer. They did get a ton of brand exposure. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. obviously talking about them, whether it be good, whether it be bad. They're having a brutal I'm glad pre-season. you said that. Um, yeah. So there is maybe some value to it, but man, they are getting, they're getting their butts kicked. And I wonder if that's kind of a sign of things to come when it comes to Inter-Miami this season um but we'll have plenty of time to kind of discuss and talk about inter miami yeah. throughout this year i'm sure there'll be a burning topic because they're obviously going to be <laughs> that's going to be one to watch um i like what nathan said here he said sell the messy tickets and buy world cup home match at toronto stadium so <laughs> evil field obviously is referring to and i actually want to kind of just touch on that quickly if in case you missed mm-hmm. the news uh toronto gets six world cup matches in 2026 um vancouver getting seven world cup matches but toronto getting the first canada home game canada will then fly to vancouver for its last two group stage matches and then should they advance they would play their round of 32 match in vancouver um and then i believe potentially the round of 16 as well would be in vancouver so in total between toronto Hmm. and vancouver that's 13 matches on home soil in canada come the 2026 world cup um, I guess the biggest talking point is Jeff Vancouver gets hypothetically, you know, seven games versus Toronto six games. Um, beyond that, Vancouver also gets to see that the men's national team play twice guaranteed at home versus Toronto only getting the one game. Kind of your reaction to to that kind of split? Was it surprising? Does it make sense to you? Are you okay? I need kind of clarification. Like is Vancouver getting a round of 32 game if Canada doesn't qualify for the knockout? Regardless. Stadium? They're getting Regardless. one. All right. Like, so knee jerk, I was pissed. One, because the day before we got uh, insight into a profit sharing uh, between, I think, the the suits and the government and the, the cost of renovations is about $200 million. So, of course, the day later when you see, you know, it and you you knee jerk negative you're like yeah you know 200 million for this i don't know about it then you start to scratch that itch and you realize that like all labyrinthine monolithic corporations fifa has stipulations about crowd size about this about that about the other thing bmo even with the upgrades doesn't meet fifa's criteria for any of the knockout matches so am i going to be pissed I mean, it's sort of an old man yelling at clouds, right? Like BMO was never, ever going to upgrade itself to be able to abide by FIFA standard for, for a knockout match. Yeah, um, just to, just to yeah. clarify, Jeff. Yeah. So Toronto and Vancouver are both getting a round of 32 knockout game. Um, oh, we the are. Round, the round of 16, Vancouver gets an additional game. So Vancouver is going to get the, the extra round of 16 game. Toronto doesn't get a round of 16 game. But the reason being, as you kind of touched on, is because uh, the capacity of BC Place, um, 
is bigger. I think it's like yeah. just over 50,000, whereas BMO Field with the expansion and renovations would only be up to 45,000. As you mentioned, FIFA does have those stipulations for seating when it when it comes to um, those uh, those arrangements. But I think this is the 2026 going to be the first year of the expanded FIFA tournament. Um, so therefore, I guess a round of 32 game in Toronto still qualifies. So yeah, um, really interesting. I, I think, mm. I'm so, I think confused. it's a, <laughs> I think it's I a really fair trade Yeah. What, what mean, do you think somebody, about? well, somebody said that the maximum amount of games that Canada could get was 13 and we got 13. I'm counting more than 13. No, it's 13. We're at... Okay. Your counting's off. Yeah, my um, off. Never been good so at just math. Just to go over, just to break mm-hmm. down, ten group stage games across both Vancouver and Toronto, even amount, five okay. games each, right? And then there's going to be three knockout games, two in Vancouver, one in Toronto. Vancouver, the additional knockout game is the round of sixteen. If Canada makes it, no, no, nothing. They get a round of sixteen regardless. Okay. No, I have no problem with it. The only difference is if Canada does advance, those games will be played in Vancouver. Right? So regardless, guaranteed Toronto only gets one Canadian men's national team game, but it's the first game ever for the men's uh, World Cup here. So... Um, yeah, even trade off. Uh, we don't need to spend too much more time on this. This yeah, the I first game's even trade off. First game's gonna be June twelfth, uh, twenty twenty six. So some time LA, uh, and you got lots of time to save some Buy money tickets. and yeah, put, yeah, put some uh, money in the bank for that Toronto game because you're probably gonna need it to be able to afford those tickets. Mm. And Lionel Messi. Yep. Two things to watch. Um, okay, let's get into some TFT chat, Jeff. Let's, uh, let's yeah, do sure. It. So, I guess let's start well, off before, with actually before we move on. Yeah. You think it's fair, but do you think it's worth it? I mean, obviously, we're going to get. I th- let me answer for myself. I think it's worth it if they fix that tunnel. It was worth it, you know, to get that moving so that people don't get crushed in that go train tunnel between Blimo <laughs> and Liberty Village. I think it's worth it. It's not my money, but the second that you start looking at the value. You know, seeing that much of the renovations for BMO is sort of under the table stuff that allows, you know, the FIFA uh, uh, vetted corporate fat cats to get from their parking garage to the stadium, you know, without meeting the riffraff. You have to wonder if it's worth it. You have to wonder if the people that brought it, specifically the Toronto contingent, are satisfied with this. And I guess the answer there is they're probably not satisfied with anything. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's really cool because BMO Field definitely needs to get more up to date with uh, mm-hmm. with stadiums around Major League Soccer in general, and I think just around football as a whole. Uh, very cool stadium when it was first uh, brought here. Very cool stadium following some of the renovations, but there are certain things at BMO Field that are just super far behind. Um, so I think it is a good thing in that light. Now that you mentioned like kind of the tunnel, uh, I, I actually I drive by it. I, it's it's uh, the bridge over, I believe it is now, mm-hmm. is going to be done regardless whether or not the World Cup was coming. I believe it's going to be something that's that's pushed this year. 
if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It kind of looks like it's that way. But but the fact that the World Cup was coming greased funding for the Ontario line. These things aren't a separate yeah. entity, right? It's, I mean, it all works together in a cauldron of of austerity and, and tax breaks. So, you know, it's I, I can't they're they're not separate things. And and I do think that that it was the final push towards the summit with respect to that. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just again, it's not my money. I just, you know, two hundred million dollars <laughs> change, right? Yeah, no, I I agree. We can uh we can discuss mm-hmm. the politics of this in yeah. probably an hour straight episode, but let's not oh, do that. Easily, easily. Yeah. <laughs> let's discuss let's other politics. That. Yeah, seriously. Um, so let's phase one of preseason down for Toronto FC. They've returned home from Florida. Um, and truthfully, Jeff, we heard a a whole lot of nothing mm-hmm. when it came out of training camp, right? There wasn't much news. There wasn't too many updates. Uh, ultimately, we got the one preseason game, which we'll kind of touch on a little bit. But before that, just overall, your reaction to kind of Let's call it the lack of noise coming out of preseason. Is is that a good thing when it comes to the, kind of this Toronto FC team? Was it good for them to kind of get away and not be under the spotlight so much? Yeah. Uh, but I think life finds a way, you know, to quote my favorite, Jeff, Jeff Goldman, life finds a way, right? You know, you give us one video and TFC land pours over it in slow motion. You know what I mean? So they're not, they're not, do, I, I mean, you're giving less avenue to speculate, I suppose, but people are still speculating madly. So, you know, is it a good thing or a bad thing? I I think it's it's the same. It's it's the question is kind of moot because every like TFC land has been whipped into such a frothy mousse in anticipation of of this season with such trepidation that you know they're going to TFC land's going to spin their wheels regardless. So. You know, I think I think the club is trying to present a unified face and sort of control its own narrative yet again. But in this case, I almost think, why not just give us a full court press of of, of content and information? Because, in, you know, it's difficult to not see this as head in the sand kind of ostracizing, you know, like I don't see this as no news is good news. I see this as no news is gag order news. So. I guess my answer is no. I guess. Yeah, that's a long wind away saying both yes and no. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, for me, I, I think it was it was a good thing. Um, and the reason being is because this team, no matter what type of content, let's say content, for example, news, whatever that you kind of put out, it's not going to be received well, right? The only thing in my opinion, aside from like signings and and moves, which we'll talk about a little bit that would kind of benefit this team and kind of turn things around is seeing this team play games and seeing this team move in the right direction, because we've gone over it. You can say all Mm -hmm. the things that you're going to say, all the things John Herman's the best at doing so, but until it's actually put into practice, no one's going to really buy into that. I guess I have a the other point is, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Well, I mean, look, we've been, I think that would have been a mistake to see the team in action. And I'm just going off the fact of what we're undoubtedly going to discuss. Everybody's expecting me to have opinions on this. You know, the two goal scorers in, in the first 60 minute game, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. And I don't think I'm the first person to to notice this, but 
uh, it was Fede coming, cutting in on the inside and shooting from distance. And it was Lorenzo. Oh, we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll get into right? that. Right. <laughs> so there's something to be said of, yeah, we want to see what's happening. We want to see how they line up. We want to see how they shape up. But what we've seen is the same old, same old. So would it be a stretch for me to suggest that the team is trying to, because there's not, they're maybe running it back more than they thought. And maybe tactically they're quite similar or yeah. the main stars are quite similar and doing similar things to what they were doing before. We don't want to give other teams tape to, you know, in addition to the woeful 2023 20, tape that they have to tear us apart. I don't know. To me, I'd be willing to go to bat on that, on that argument. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about kind of what you brought up there uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to kind of lack of like news of signings and transfers with this team. Uh, John Herman coming out and saying that he hopes to get a few new names into the mix come the start of the second half of training camp. Let's say as Toronto City will leave for California in three days, February eighth. Mm-hmm. So that would be a Thursday, I believe. So the hope is that they can get a few more names in the mix to join them in California there. Uh, as of now, Jeff, given sort mm-hmm. of the lack of moves, the European window is closed. Essentially, everyone is still here. We're guessing some more moves to come. But how concerned are you with the lack of moves overall from Toronto FC right now? I'm over being concerned because I don't think any more are coming. I think they tried. I think it didn't happen. I think... Anything they do now is difficult for me to say this because our, my team, Arsenal, my Prem team, have been really good with second choice. <laughs> right? Good weekend, really. Well, we've land. Yeah, we had a great weekend. What a what a weekend! Uh, and then Benfica won, and then I ate Arby's forever. But uh, uh, <laughs> you know, there'll be second choices, and this isn't the difference between Mudrick and Trossard. This is like the difference between you know, uh, uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. I don't, you know, what is the benefit of signing a warm body right now just to be a warm body? I get it. I get it. Summer arrivals were cursed. I get it. It's another season where potentially the roster turnover happens halfway through it uh, in advance of the league cup break. When I'm saying when the summer transfer windows open and they make presumably some some moves more moves than they did now um i don't think it's worth it i don't think it i i unless it's somebody that really moves the needle it's a move to appease the pitchfork mob or to appease the bean counters no jeff if if that was gonna happen that would happen by now Mm -hmm. it would have been sebastian javinko signed by toronto fc to appease that you're right right you're right you're right I think we're kind of discrediting the work that's going on behind the scenes when it comes to the recruitment staff. Apparently, John Herman's saying there's been a, a lot of positive talks, a lot of conversations that are ongoing with potential targets. So they're definitely not gonna, ever going to bring someone in for the sake of bringing someone in. Um, mm-hmm. But given that the start of the season is 20 days away, kind of leads into your point. It's like, you know, who's left? Is it? Is it going to be enough? Yeah, maybe who's left? Obviously, soccer's got a big ecosystem. TFC have some international roster slots. So there are going to be options. But but it is it is slightly concerning, at least, that we're two, two weeks, two months, or t- sorry, 20 days away from the start of the season, first game, and TFC have only made one real signing in Debbie mm-hmm. Flores. And 
Tyree Spicer, I guess you can also count on that mix, though. I don't think he's actually I do. signed an official contract. So Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, that's so we'll see. It does seem like Davey Flores is playing a, a kind of a big role, though, for John Herman. Uh, it seems like he's going to be very involved yeah. in Toronto FC's midfield. Uh, speaking of that, just quickly here, uh, TFC, let's, let's go over it. Preseason win, mm. 2-0 over Nashville SC. Uh, both of TFC's DPs score in what they're calling, I guess, the first game, which is 60 minutes, and then mm-hmm. you know, kind of the second game, which is another 60 minutes. Uh, so, I guess, aggregate score, it was ended up being 2-1 as TFC lost. Mm-hmm. The second game, 1-0 with more of a rotated squad. But let's focus more so on that first game because that's what we kind of know more of. Um, sure. Okay. Let's kind of get into what a lot of people are mm-hmm. waiting for. Uh, your reaction to the Insigne Bernadeschi goals. Um, they they I don't up care and- how they score. Score. That's great. I'm happy for them. This is awesome. Score goals. Be mediocre. And I, I'll do backflips. Honestly. Like, I mean, I, I'm concerned because it's the same old, same old. You know, if, if we had seen... Uh, Lorenzo score a non triagio, and if we had seen Berna score, uh, you know, uh, like anything but coming in off the off the left or sorry off the right, I think I'd be a bit more enthused. Um, it's hard to be enthusiastic about these guys, but I ain't looking to gift horse in the mouth. They they scored. Uh, you know, my worry is if they're good for five, they're now good for four. Uh, so it's difficult, it's difficult for me to, you know, start. It's a preseason game against a rotated squad for 60 minute scrimmage halves. Like if they didn't score, I'd be concerned, you know, they're back from a proper off season. Let me frame it this way then. So let's say your Mm -hmm. belief in, in and Bernadeschi bouncing back this season was for you probably 1%. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. that's charitable but yeah 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 one percent that was your belief does seeing that shift that percentage up to two percent does it shift it up to five nope. percent does it move not no no all? needle moves at all at all this is what they should be doing in a in in a in a world that isn't as bizarro as this nobody nobody is saying anything about them scoring in the preseason because that's what they're supposed to do so but yeah, you, it's not, it's, but they haven't mm-hmm. done what they were supposed to do for the last year and a half, right? That just hasn't been the case with them. Yeah, are you any more yeah. confident they're going to be able to do what they were supposed to do? Or That's not? a good Which question, and fair. I think I'm being, I think I'm being unfair. Yeah, I am, because had they not, I'd be a lot less enthused. So I think it's unfair for me to say it hasn't moved the needle at all. I'm glad it happened. And, you know, long may, long may they score. So, yeah, I think I'm being unnecessarily assholey. So by, <laughs> by saying the needle that's your brand, needle. though. That's your yeah, brand. So people yeah, love know. you for it. I know. <laughs> I agree. But, but yeah, no, it, of course it gives me more confidence, you know, like all we want is mediocre production out of them. I think my ceiling for them is give us mediocre production. Just be like middle of the road, pure mid DP, produce you know, turn some of those losses into draws or wins. Uh, and maybe we're 10th, right? What's it, what's it going to take? <laughs> what's it going to take for you, Jeff, to become Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernadeschi believers? Let's say hypothetically, 
we I'm, are i will i will I'll, I'll wear the face but it's never happening for me i can like i can't i can't what, what if okay hold on year and a half what if mm-hmm. what if seven games into the season toronto fc are five seven wins one draw one loss let's say hypothetically they've scored yeah i don't know 14 goals mm-hmm. and 10 of those goals have come from Insigne or Bernardeschi. Let's say five. I'm still each. not relaxed about it because I, I would still be waiting for the other shoe to drop. I would still feel like it's a false. <laughs> Even if we won the shield and MLS cup on their back, I think I would still be asking questions. I have PTSD, Mikey. Like this, these two, these guys are giving me TFC PTSD, you know, uh, and I don't like holding grudges Fair. and, and, uh, yeah, I just they brought so much pain to to my person is going to take a lot. And I don't know if it's even humanly possible. I'm being completely honest with you. I've asked myself this question often. <laughs> you know, I, I'll I'll celebrate the wins. I'll enjoy it. But I'm not going to their birthday parties. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm feeling, uh, Jeff, you might not be on that invite list to, <laughs> to the birthday parties. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, it's, you're right, though. It's, it's going to take a lot for uh, those guys to kind of turn things around. Um, here from you know the fan base's perspective, there's a lot of fans that you know don't aren't as invested into this team, I think, as a lot of people that kind of mm-hmm. know the ins and yeah. outs of the club in the way that a lot of people in here do. Um, that are going to give Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernardeschi standing ovations open yep. match at BMO Field, right? So and if they start winning, all is forgiven. Absolutely. Right, absolutely. That That's it, right? So I, I think from a wider perspective, winning kind of heals everything when it comes to them, but, you know, they've got to prove it. And there's a long way to go yeah. besides just one preseason match, but it was kind of best case scenario, I think, for Toronto it was. and for the Italians. Um, and for John Herman, John Herman's a, this is a, this is a great point. I think to raise here for John Herman's perspective, you know, he, he has, he has such an opportunity here and it's almost like tailor made for his brand and his stock. Here. Oh yeah. So kind of two, two options here, you know, let's say TSC go out, they make two, three more additions. So not a dramatic off season. And all of a sudden, TFC start winning. All of a sudden, TFC are playoff contenders. All of a sudden, let's say TFC are you know top four or five in the East. John mm-hmm. Herman's stock goes through the it's roof because he did roof. what two other managers before him couldn't do, including Bob Bradley, who's obviously incredibly accomplished. Mm-hmm. Part two of this is let's say things go wrong and TFC once again are similar team to they were last year maybe slightly better because obviously that bar is super super low john herman <laughs> kind of has that you know kind of excuse of hey a we're rebuilding two we haven't really changed over our roster much three my hands were tied because you know in sydney bernardeski they're here we didn't really want them here but they're here and we can mm-hmm. kind of got to make with what's due until the season's gone so when you look at kind of john herman's position and all of this He's in a pretty good position, and throughout the course of his career, he's managed to find himself in opportunities like this. So mm-hmm. I think when you kind of look at where things are kind of evolving here, John Herman's going to be sitting pretty regardless of of kind of what happens here, right? I hate that because one preseason win does not 
wipe the slate clean. Like the the pendulum oh. is still here, right? So this con because and I'm not I'm not calling you out, but I'm saying this uh, this concept of like we've proven the concept because they scored in preseason or John Herdman gets to sit pretty now because of two goals in a 60 minute scrimmage. I don't even like broaching that issue because I don't think that anybody should be taking their feet off the fire in any degree. Like this is not an excuse to relax. This is, this is a nothing burger, right? Like I don't want to diminish it. You know, I will, I'm doing a great job diminishing it, even though I don't want to diminish it. But I'm just (laughs) saying like at the end of the day, you know, we've lost a ton of perspective because of how absolutely dog crap that, you know, the last couple of things have been, we got to, we got to fight to maintain that perspective. And, and in context, yeah, this is great. It's great, but it's the world is still spinning on its axis. Nothing really has changed. You know, that's why it goes back to your question. Like, you know, seven games in, even for seven nil, and they're running away with the golden boot. Both of them have 30 goals each. And it's like Bella's record has been smashed. I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know? So I may be the worst person to ask this question, but I also think I'm the best person to ask this question because my knee-jerk reaction is keep your pantyhose on, everybody. Like, we've proven nothing yet, you know? I don't know where that line is. I don't know where that line is, but it ain't a a 60-minute preseason scrimmage. That's for for damn sure. Like, I'll, I'll go to the bank with that. Yeah, yeah, 1,000%. I don't think anyone should be getting carried away with a preseason mm-hmm. result. I'm just, the point I guess I was making is is with John Herman's uh, position here at Toronto FC, if things go bad, he has an out. If things go well, you know, his, his stock rises. So I have a question kind of, for you. He's in a win-win scenario. Yeah, go ahead. If he <laughs> does the impossible, let's just say this is a thought experiment because there's a dark side to John Herman, and that is... When the going gets rough, he goes. Um, when the going gets good, let's say he pulls off the impossible. He turns Lorenzo and Federico Bernadeschi around uh-huh. and gets them to produce at Vela Joseph Martinez clip. Is he long for this world at TFC? I mean, is this guy going to turn down offers from the Brentfords, from the Wolves of the world? You know, we've got no. problem people too over here, John, and 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 you speak you have an accent so let's let's pill for you and would you be okay with that yeah absolutely uh i think he deserves his flowers yeah Yeah. and i think bill bill manning uh, was asked about that exact same question uh we all know john herman's aspirations are going to be to one day go back to or go to the uk and coach Mm -hmm. in england uh, coach at top flight leagues i think everybody has those aspirations as you're kind of an up-and-coming manager um so if you know a team comes around and they want John Herdman. Quite frankly, that's a good thing for TFC because TFC are in that position where things have been turned I, around. I, I think that's right? a great answer. And I and I also don't fault him. Like if he can pull the impossible, he deserves to coach Brentford and Wolves. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like he proven. He has proven that he can do, let's not mince words here, the impossible, right? That's and so it. absolutely absolutely he deserves that bag and he deserves to move on to you know regardless of of how much we love the club bigger and better things in the in the wider soccer mosaic and i don't think we can fault him for it because i mean that's item a on his job description and if he can check that off and 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 still sleep at night job done man job done so 100 percent, yeah um last last kind of thing on just this game because we 
the only updates we got from this game uh, were the goals and the goal scores. Mm-hmm. Um, again, going back to kind of like our brief discussion about Toronto City kind of controlling the narrative, controlling the message there. There were no lineups posted. Um, other teams around the league, uh, it's very rare to find a team that's not posting their lineups. So mm-hmm. does, what does that kind of say to you? Uh, the fact that Toronto C are kind of holding back some of that information when it comes to preseason. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I mean, we have inferred that he's probably going with three at the back, so he's going to shake things up. You know, the the people that have gone through slow motion of the footage have deduced that uh, Lorenzo and Fede are sort of moving centrally. At least it looks that way. Um, I think it's probably smart that TFC is keeping, you know, you're mentioning all the other clubs. Well, all the other clubs aren't wooden spoon with a bullet contenders, right? We're in rarefied air here. And I, I do think exactly. considering the amount of tactical changes that he's trying to push through, you don't want to give these guys tape. You just don't. Uh, to say nothing of the fact that it was probably one guy with a cell phone there. You know, I, I just, I, there's a lot to complain about. I don't want to complain about this. I can see logically why he did it. So why yeah. they did it. So it doesn't bother me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Not, not necessarily complaining. I'm just curious to, to hear if it bothers some people, if it doesn't, no. you know, a lot of people in the chat saying it's not an issue. Uh, yeah. G money talks. I have no issues with cards close to the vest. Aaron saying mm-hmm. Herbin hides everything all the damn time. It's it's what yeah does. yeah we're used to it yeah we're used to it. You're he's right. Aaron is absolutely right. Yeah, and Turt saying I think we'll see more details in Cali, which is kind of usually how this stuff goes when they play kind of more mm-hmm. official preseason matches. Typically, we get more information. If we're really truly lucky, we'll get a stream, which would be mm-hmm. super nice to watch some TFC action. Uh, but we're not quite at that stage yet. So yeah, I mean. Everyone's going to find out eventually uh, kind of what these yeah. lineups are. Um, so I'm fine with it not necessarily being for the first game. And it kind of makes sense given TFC's position and kind of mm-hmm. where they're at with with kind of this rebuild, let's call it. Um, what we do know kind of based on the lineups, uh, guys correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but these are the players I believe that were featured in I that first a, 60 I did minutes. I did a screen cap actually of somebody's uh, inference. Okay, so let me see if I can nail it. So we All got right. Luca Gavrin in net. So not yes, Sean sir. Johnson, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. Um, at the back, we definitely had Shane O'Neill. Definitely did. had Ame Mabika. So we had those mm-hmm. two players. I believe Kobe Franklin was involved. I'm not sure if it was mm-hmm. the first 60 or the second 60. Um, Jaquil was definitely in the first 60. 100%. So right now I'm just missing kind of one center back there. Davy Flores was involved. Jonathan Azoria yes, was involved in the midfield. Lorenzo Insigne, Federico Bernardeschi, and DeAndre Kerr were also involved. Mm-hmm. So that leaves two players. I believe one of them might have been Latif Blessing. And then some people also speculating. I believe I think I saw Alonzo Coyo involved in some capacity there. So yeah, that kind of gives us an outline of 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 the 11. Um, oh, sorry, I just need some water. Um, no worries. That was awesome. So I think I nailed most of them. You did. Yeah. Fair. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No, you muted yourself. Unmute yourself. 
Mikey, unmute yourself. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so where was I going to go with this? Um, uh, who, who needs to have a good showing in preseason? Yeah, I think that's fair. So when you kind of look at TFC's, uh, TFC's roster, kind of look at who is at training camp. It seems like almost everyone was at training camp that's on the roster. Who do you think needs to have a good season or preseason to kind of raise their stock and make a case for, you know, making, making a push on this team? Who do we got? I mean, the at? easy answer is everybody. But considering we've got a firmer idea of who the locked-in starters are because of lack of warm bodies or because her and see something in them, I mean, your list is, I think, pretty... The first, I mean, those are the top three for me as well. Io Akinola, 100%. 100%. Need to see something in preseason. Although I don't think it affects uh, his his spot on the roster. I do think he's a reclamation project for John Herdman. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't... You know, he's got to get up to fitness. He's got to get his confidence back in profound ways. So to expect him to come busting out of the gate in preseason, I think is maybe a little bit unfair, but certainly he's on that list. Yeah. I was an interesting one. Um, Has a good preseason. Maybe that means he gets his 10, 15 minutes a match with John. Kind of still has to, even if he has a good preseason, I still think there's going to be work to be done to, in order to get, I agree. Build that level of trust to kind of get to becoming more of a regular on this team. Uh, but he's kind of the guy right now. When when you look at this team and whose stock is the lowest, it's probably Iowa Canola. Um, and he also has the potential, as we've seen in the past, to kind of raise that stock, raise that ceiling. Can he get back to being 2020 Iowa Canola? You know, early 2021 Iowa Canola. That still remains to be seen. We just haven't seen that yet. So maybe there's something, you know, I always, I always said it takes, you know, the doctor told him it takes 12 to 18 months for that knee to start feeling even a little bit normal. So we're, we're at that point now where kind of that excuse a little bit is kind of out the window. I don't want to call it mm-hmm. an excuse because it's a reality, but kind of yeah, the reasoning. It's potentially career-ending injury. It's, a, it's yeah. as good an excuse as – he's so interesting because if I'm John Herdman, do I want him going in preseason so that we have another MLS's back IO, or do I want to give him his 10, 15 minutes at the end of games regardless, because I want him to get comfortable not playing in stadiums with no people in it, playing proper games with fans <laughs> where you're kicking a ball in anger. You know what I mean? I don't, like, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure that had much to, to, to yeah, no, 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 I, but I'm but, madly speculating. He's it's such an interesting one, Io. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The big thing with Io is his pace. Can he get his his step back? Can he get that first yeah. first couple of strides that made him an option to get him behind? We haven't seen that yet. So he's, that he's definitely up that list. Yeah. Uh, we also had Kosi Thompson listed on that list. Um, yeah, everyone yeah, mentioned Kosi as well. Less of a less of a concern for me. Um, I think. I just don't see him displacing some of the people that are in front of him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure Kosi is going to be, it's going to matter how good of a camp Kosi has. It just, there's just too much competition in sort of his areas on the pitch. Like I, like we talked about in the past, mm-hmm. Kosi's kind of like that versatile option. Um, the so, Nick Deleon. Yeah. 
So like he's he's he'll be an option off the bench guaranteed, I think, either way. Um if yeah. he has a really bad camp, sure you can, might lose that, but he still is an option. Also, you know, he went he went over to overseas to Europe. So maybe yeah. he's gonna come yeah. back with a little bit more swag or a little bit more newfound confidence, and maybe he will be able to play more regular minutes than we've seen Kosi play in the past. His career has yeah. been kind of up and down. We've seen some really good glimpses, really good stints of Kosi. We've also seen some pretty poor ones. So it's about steadying that out and still being kind of that option there. Um, I agree. I agree. Other one I think really interesting, Cassius Mayula. Cash 100%. Money. Cash money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he uh, he uh, hasn't been able to find his stride with Toronto FC yet. Obviously coming over 22 years old, super young. Uh, just really never broke has a knock, right? Yeah. I read somewhere that he's got a bit of a knock. Yeah. Yeah. He still does right now. I'm not sure if he does right now or if he's, or if he's sort of in final recovery stages, but I was surprised. There wasn't a lot. Yeah. I'm sure I read that tweet that there was a knock there somewhere, um, which could explain why, you know, he came with such fanfare and we've seen nothing of him. Last um, season, yeah. Last season, he was balanced yeah. some injuries. So, yeah, yeah, he's he's a guy who, you know, we had a lot of hope, a lot of optimism for. So, if he can have a good preseason, maybe he slots into kind of one Do of those backup matters? roles. I mean, a good preseason for him is just being match fit. And then Fair. I think we're going to see some more some more minutes from him, right? Because we've seen almost nothing. And what we did saw was really, really exciting. I mean, he almost yeah. scored a goal in his first touch, right, if memory serves. So... No, yeah. I, I think it. I think it is important. I, I really do. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's came over, like I said, with that bit of a pedigree. And even though TFC couldn't score goals last season, even though they had no fluidity with their attacking uh, prowess, let's call it, he was not mm-hmm. involved still. Um, so, yeah. how far down the pecking order is he? Is he as good as they thought he was? These are the questions. He's a head scratcher. That come, yeah. come to mind when you don't see him when you don't see him as involved. So I think it is important for him to kind of get off on a good note here with John Herman and really earn his trust and earn some minutes, even though he is still fairly young and he takes up one of those really coveted spots, those under 22 yeah, and yeah. spots. So Fair point. with that, with that comes expectation too. So um, mm-hmm. he's got to get, he's got to have time to adapt at the same time. We do need to see something out of him. What about a, what about someone like a, I don't know, a Sigurd Rosted? Like, I mean, I don't think it matters. Uh, no, I take that back because there is there is going to be competition at center back. Uh, not as much as we would have liked and with with a roster not as, uni- you know, with, with a roster that's much lower quality, a core of center backs that, you know, are distressed assets, at least in the mind of TFC land. Yeah, I think I think all of them, it's important to show themselves so they get more minutes yeah. or they lock down a spot i i don't think that's exclusive to 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 Sigur Rostad. i think that that goes for ami mabika that goes for shane o'neill although putting him in the leadership group kind of means that we're probably <laughs> going to see a lot of a lot of a lot more minutes from him um yeah i i honestly, think it's important to, yeah honestly jeff i, I think now mm-hmm. that we're talking this through i think it's a very stupid question because everybody needs to have a good Kind of okay, so under under John Herman, <laughs> I I agree. I don't right? I don't disagree, but I think there was valid validity to the question because here's here's a question for you: Adama Diamande goes on a tear in preseason. Does yeah. he get the starting nine? You know, uh, Prince yeah. Owosu goes on a tear. Does he get the starting nine? Like, is there 
is yeah. there but none of that's okay. gonna matter because deandre kerr looks like he's in form you know yeah. dropping that dime that we saw on socials mm-hmm. uh and he's he's, he's like he's growing a bit more i i'm i'm, I'm in all in on deandre kerr kind of being that number nine but yes because that number nine spot is wide open you know yeah. deandre kerr might be that favorite right now but as you mentioned if you know out of, out of nowhere diamante all of a sudden looks more of the player that bob bradley thought he was bringing in all of a sudden prince owosu looks like he's more up to speed and more in sync with the rest of his teammates then those guys all have a shot at that starting number nine position i think yeah. if there's one position that's wide wide open it's that number nine it's that one um, oh yeah <laughs> depending on the formation tfc play the insigne and bernadeschi spots are spoken for mm-hmm. the osorio spots folk spoken for i believe the debbie flores spot is spoken for given kind of that I, I agree that he adds to yep. that uh to that midfield and to the team overall um everywhere else is really really up for grabs so it's an mm-hmm. interesting, interesting run. Uh, obviously, Sean Johnson as well. If he's healthy and everything's going in the right direction for him, he obviously claims that goalkeeper spot as well. So a lot of competition at hope. camp. For me, that's a great thing uh, when it comes to yeah. this game. Agreed. Um, cool. So just so everyone knows, like I mentioned, February 8th, TFC do travel to California. Herman is hoping to get some signings in before then. So over these next two, three days, let's keep an eye on TFC's uh, socials there to see if they announce anyone else um they do have a couple of games as well february 10th yeah. they're playing columbus february That's 14th awesome. a little valentine's day match against real salt lake and february 17th against lafc so a couple uh couple decent matches Big there hitters, to, yeah. to wrap up preseason and then of course as i've mentioned february 25th big one at fc cincinnati for toronto fc's season opener you okay. Um, we we spoke a lot about uh, TFC's eleven. Let's say um, I, I want to kind of just get your thoughts and your prediction. We can we can write it down now um, mm-hmm. of who you think will be Toronto FC's starting eleven come come February twenty fifth, and assuming everyone's healthy. What mm-hmm. does John Herman's first Toronto FC 11 look like? I'm going to start at the back or at the front? Start at the back. Okay. Obviously, Sean Johnson in net. Uh, yeah. Three center backs. Left center back, Mabika. Uh, central, O'Neal. And then Sigurosted on the right. Uh, okay. Wing backs, JMR or Petretta. I, I'm not actually sure who as a left wing back. back. Kobe Franklin, right wing back. Uh, Flores as the six, Oso as the right number eight, and Lorenzo Insigne as the left number eight. Ooh, I like that. Uh, number a second striker for Berna, hugging the right a little bit in midfield, and DeAndre Kerr up top. DeAndre Kerr up top. Okay. It pains me to say this because it means Alonzo Cuejo isn't starting, but I, I, I don't see him starting. And this is this is the lineup, and I poured over this one. I I really really thought this one out. Okay, and that is that's eleven there you got on the pitch, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that one. I like that one. Um, so I, I think. It's T- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's eleven. Mm-hmm. I think TSC are going to play a three four three. Okay. So, Sean Johnson at the back. Um, yeah. Assuming everyone's still here and everyone's still healthy, 
I got Shane O'Neill as the right center back. Ooh. Uh, I'm a Mabika as kind of that center central center back on the left side. Ooh. I'm gonna go Ral Ralph as the left center back. Wow. As the okay. left center back. Um and then I think the four midfielders or the wing, whatever you gonna call them. Mm-hmm. Um Jaquiel on the left, Kobe mm-hmm. Franklin on the right. Ozo and Flores in the middle. Okay. And then you have Insigne, Bernadeschi, and Kerr. So I'm with you. Alonzo Coelho might not make the first starting eleven. He's definitely going to be super yeah. involved and, and super relied upon this season. And it's going to be a big year for Alonzo Coelho. I just don't know if he makes that first eleven. Again, you know, think, some of the question marks might be Petretta at, at left center back. Like, I saw some speculation that Coelho might have been in that one of those center back roles. Obviously, Herman's, you know, he, he's very fluid. So when T, when TFC hypothetical are on the ball, his formation could look completely different than when they're off the ball. So there mm-hmm. are some options to kind of integrate him a little bit more into that mix. Um, but yeah, it remains to be seen. Uh, we'll we'll see. Write those down. Let's see how right we are. How wrong? I we did. Are. I did. I can we can we please please put. Lorenzo and Berna somewhere else for the love of God. I mean, that's, that's what I like about mine is we saw Berna as a 10, as a second striker sort of roving around there when things got desperate near the end of last season. I really liked it. He got found out real quick because if there's one thing that goes, if there's two great tastes that go together, it's Bernadeschi and getting found out real quick. But you know, there was, there was stuff there and, and you know, it felt it, it felt a lot better for my blood pressure not having him on the right making me crazy and i and i also just you know if they're going to pass to each other and they're going to pass to each other uh you know with extreme prejudice let's close the gap between them so that they can actually do stuff in the middle of the park as opposed to abandoning it entirely um i think you're probably right though i think you know that's where they want to play that's where they think they're most effective uh I maybe it's maybe it's like a three more. four two one. Maybe it's like they're two more attacking midfielders that are closer together. It's kind of what you're referring to, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, G Money Talks yeah. has has some thoughts here. I want to bring this up. Um, so he has Latif Blessing. Wow, shout out Latif Blessing is sort of the right as center a back. center back. What I think, is I think happening? this means wing back. I think this is wing. Back. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right wing back. Jaquil Marshareddy as left wing back. Uh, attack mm-hmm. in midfield is Ozo, Insigne. Number nines are Bernadeschi and DeAndre Kerr. Your defensive midfield is Flores, and your center backs are Coelho, Mabika, and O'Neill. Since when are we putting Coelho as a, as a center back? I don't, I don't understand. Um, sure, he's not the fastest guy in the world, and that was one of his detriments. But I don't think he deserves to be. Converted into a into a defender because of it. It it kind of, I guess, in like a Pirlo kind of way, putting him there as like a a deep, 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 deep lying playmaker might be the move. But 
Yeah. Let's score some it, goals be. first before we start reinventing the the global game. I just I think that's way too ambitious to put someone that young and that untested in a, in a center back role that's trying to stake out a role and, and has a lot of attributes that work better further up the pitch. I, I think. That yeah, that's I, I, I can't I can't recall if uh, I can't recall if Alonzo Coelho ever played center back so far. I, I don't believe there was a situation where he was forced into it. Um, mm-hmm. but it would be kind of be of sort of that Michael Bradley elk word. Yeah. I didn't want to say who it. Can, who can be, you know, be on the ball, be more of a dom- ball dominant player out of the back. Um, that would be kind of my line of thinking. But like I said, things are fluid when it comes to Herman. Yeah. So you might start off as a, a center back in the formation, but won't actually play too, too much of that pure yeah, center move back. Up uh, when they're an attack and then pull back and be like, be that, that sort of rigid. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. Well, could be cool. Interesting. Uh, could be cool. Interesting thoughts. Um, yeah, let's let's proceed to kind of the for us. Let's, let's do the burning question. I, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let me just so go uh, ahead and, and roll that whenever you have that. a sec. Oh, yeah, I forgot where it is. Okay. Love that. Cool. So based on last week's game. Uh, the one we played here on the podcast of who should stay or who should go before the season opener on February 25th. We asked you guys, uh, who do you think will be loaned, traded, or sold before the season opener? So I'll read out some of the, the comments. Some of them are pretty unanimous. Um, so I'll start <laughs> with Noel Allen here on Twitter. He's saying Kosi and Peruza should be loaned. That's the one I saw most of, uh, Kosi yeah. Thompson and Jordan Peruza. Uh, those are two guys who were loaned out last season. So interestingly enough, um, he's saying Toronto FC should sell Sigurd Rostad. Um, John Herman talking up Shane O'Neill hints at that a little bit. And he's also saying mm-hmm. Raul Petretta should be traded. So Cincy, NYCFC, San Jose apparently all have needs kind of at that position. And then beyond that, he's saying what should be done is Diamande. <laughs> he's hoping for a mutual release. I think you're going to have to hope a little bit harder for that one. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. saying IO should be sold or traded. He needs to go away. Um, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. If we could do it uh, FIFA styles and just force the other team to give us, you know, I used to do trades in FIFA and just like, like game the system and trade like your, 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 your like fourth string center back for Virgil van Dyke. Yeah. If, if world, if life worked like FIFA, you know, with, uh, with the safeties off, but guys, Pertreda is the highest paid left back in MLS. Like literally nobody is going to take him at that salary. I don't care if they're, if they're swimming in cash, it's just not happening. And and I think the same holds true to, to everything else. Um, I think I was the interesting one there. Um, obviously Jason Hernandez surprised everybody by landing him. Uh, with RSL, yeah. with with San Jose. Um, oh, with San Jose, I get them messed up all the time. Yeah, secured that loan with San Jose. Really, no one thought that would be possible. He managed to do so. Uh, Iowa stock did not help or did not increase from his loan at San yeah. Jose. He played less than two games worth of time spent on the pitch. Didn't have a goal. Didn't have an assist. So to be able to loan him back out or to sell him it's going to be way too tough right now. I think too, yeah. especially because he's making a lot of money. His cap hit isn't that big because he's an U22 initiative player, but he's making a lot of money relative yeah, to exactly. the way he's performed. So you kind of got to raise that stock up before you look into moving on from IO. So I'd be surprised if anything happens there. Uh, Diamande, 
Uh, we'll see what happens with him. Apparently, he's. I don't know why they camp. haven't bought him out yet. I, I'm honestly like, you got you got a buyout. Just do it. I don't understand why they're gun shy about this. It's not that simple though. It's like it costs money, right? And mm-hmm. is RTFC in a position to be burning money right now? Probably not. I mean, they, the way the are. last couple of years have gone. Exactly. So are they in the position yeah. to burn more money? <laughs> uh, you know, I just want them to do it. I know I'm trying to be rational, but I, I, I just want them to do it. I, I, there's yeah. no logic behind it. I just want them to do it. You know, here and, I am. And understand. Yeah. You know, maybe what if, what if he does well in preseason? Do TFC think they have a player? You can also, you know, as we talked about last week, extend that buyout into the off season as well. So yeah. maybe this is seen as an audition for him if they do have the funds to buy out a player. And they don't have anybody waiting in the wings that they need that money for immediately. So there's absolutely no impetus to to do it. That's yet. it too. It's not like yeah. they're cap strapped. Exactly. Uh, they don't need it for so anything Nick, else. Nick Caruso kind of touching on what we just touched on. So Iowa Canola somewhere in MLS. Um, I think he'll do well too if it's a longer loan. Just don't see him being given more opportunity than he's already been given with us. We don't have time to be shuffling our strikers one through six every week to give them each a shot. Yeah, we we touched on this. We have TFC have no, we don't, but we're of, doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. TFC have a ton of strikers on their roster. Ironically, it's probably their deepest position, but at the same time, it's probably <laughs> their worst position. Um, so you know they have Iowa Canola, they have Diamande, they have DeAndre Kerr, they have Hugo Mbonge, they have Prince Owosu, they have Jordan Peruzza. All of those guys are. More not more than not natural number nines. Um, so mm-hmm. do TFC start the season with all of them? Probably not. Is Iowa Canola going to be the guy that makes way? Also, probably not for the reasons kind of we just touched on. Um, in an ideal world, captain exists, you know, flick your fingers. Diamande is probably the first to go, mm-hmm. and then what, Jordan Prudzer or Iowa Canola, right. Those are kind of, I, I think I'm a bit higher right now on Jordan Peruza than I am Io. I don't know if I'm crazy to be saying that, but I don't know. I don't know. That's scored some bangers one. in USL, man. Scored some bangers with TFC too. Absolute yeah, screamer. I said it last week. It, I just feel like his development is going to take a little bit longer. Just, yeah, uh, so I just don't see Io, Io progressing, right? Io hasn't made any strides forward the last couple of seasons. It's been kind of all regressing. Um, he seems like a guy who's very much uh, the mental game can be a blessing and a curse. And, you know, I hold out that if anybody is going to fix this, it's John Herdman, the guy that got him to to, to agree to, to be a Canadian national team player, the guy who, you know, has been in his corner, has been has been fighting for him. I think that's important. I think if it was ever going to happen, it's going to happen now. So I have no problem with TFC giving him the benefit of the doubt. We put a lot of money into his development. It's not his fault that he was that his career was derailed by this injury. You know, this has not been the best environment for anybody, let alone somebody on the cusp of, you know, lack of confidence, lack of opportunities. So, so let's, you know, it's it's tough, but let's let's push that patience button on on IO. A little bit. Um, I have no patience for the Diamandes of the world. Um, I think Prince was a was a knee jerk signing that we didn't need, and we don't need now. We didn't need then. 
So, you know, I don't put them in the same camp at all, but we do have a surfeit of strikers that are useless. So it's, it's, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I mean, I chose to represent Canada over the U S I was come through the ranks with us. Um, Mm -hmm. I was also, if you've ever chat with Io, he's someone you kind of want to root for. Right. So fully, fully hoping that you're right, Jeff. And this is kind of the long game when it comes to Iowa Canola and he can turn things around here. Um, just, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of that, a lot of that going last one, Peterson, uh, loan out Jordan Pruz and Luke Singh. Keep forgetting about Luke Singh, my namesake, man. I can't be doing that. (laughs) Um, He wants to sell Sigurd Rosted, and he wants to buy mm-hmm. out Diamande. So a lot of buyout Diamandes. Uh, he thinks Raul Petretta is going to have maybe a bounce back year, and Herman's going to rely on him for his experience. And Iowakanola stays as kind of we touched on a Canadian Herdman guy, and he'll took on he'll look to like take on that reclamation project. So you know. Yeah. That's that's kind of where TFCR uh, with a lot of that. I think I agree with a lot of everything that um, that Peter said there, and I think that's consensus when I kind of look through the replies of, of how TFC fans are feeling. Um, but as you guys probably understood and, and realized through going through the roster, there's not many moves they can really make because mm-hmm. a lot of these guys, their stock isn't quite where they want it to be. Um, but we'll see if all that changes between now and you know, maybe maybe February eighth, as I've touched on a couple times during this show. Maybe the start of the season. We'll see if any more subtractions happen before they make additions. But we do mm-hmm. all agree that there needs to be some additions here. Um, okay, that's a lot of a lot of me talking, a lot of mm-hmm. Jeff talking. Uh, I think for a mm-hmm. show which, quite frankly, had no news to kind of really go off aside from a few you can always for do a an hour game. We managed to fill the time, all right. Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess before we wrap up, as always, kind of two favors to ask. Uh, First, if you're re-listening to this on podcast, please rate and review the show. Uh, Five stars goes a really long way. Uh, To those of you that are watching, have tuned in on YouTube, please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Give it a thumbs up. Uh, It really does. We really do appreciate um, everyone's Mm -hmm. support throughout this. And I was even telling Jeff before we started you know, our show, the engagement, the comments, you guys have all been so lively throughout this off season, even though everything's been so quiet. I wish there was, I wish there was news for us to kind of discuss and more exciting news, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of where TFCR right now. Uh, But hopefully in the coming days, uh, you know, next episode, by the time we record, we'll have a lot more news to, to talk about. Yeah. Um, Guys, I, I don't know if I'm speaking for you, but I did not, I'm don't, and I don't know why I'm surprised. I'm surprised or why I even felt this way. Remember when the off season was starting and you, me, JMO, everybody, everybody in the TFC orbit was like, this is the most important off season in, in club's history, potentially in the history of the club. And it's been absolute crickets. So, you know, congratulations to the TFC community for not losing our, our, our S over this, because, you know, we, we know how important this off season has been. And uh, it's difficult to equate that with how little movement there's been, regardless of of, of, of all the other stuff. And I'll, I'll leave on this. Um, happy 500th episode to our friends at, at Footy Prime. Uh, it's a it's a nice uh, nice uh, uh, milestone. 
thing to read. Milestone. I was the word escape. That's, a, that's very much. It's a nice, so nice milestone episode. to reach. And uh, here's to the next 500. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, leave us a review to, on, on Apple Podcasts. Are you trying to land a gig with Buddy Prime? No, I have a gig already. You're trying to land a gig with Footy Prime, man. You're trying to leave us. I don't another gig with Footy Prime. I'm never weirdly nice to Footy Prime, man. We don't like those guys. What do you mean we don't like those guys? But I will, I will say the uh, the self the self uh, flagellation on the 500 episode. I, I couldn't make it all the way through it. I hope we do our 500 episode. We don't speak in such. We wow. definitely have had to have hit like 500 episodes total since we started the show. Like four years ago, three years ago. Yeah, it's spread all over the place, and we don't do as many as Footy Prime. They're like they're counting the four a week when they went four a week. So I don't think we're at five yeah, yet. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, you know what? I'll calculate. It. I know. I know we're well. We're well past two hundred. When you know, going all the way back to the beginning. definitely. I don't. I don't oh, think that we're feels at like forever ago. And I, I still yeah. see some in the chat that have been there for day one. So appreciate you guys. Uh, last favor. Yeah, um, really appreciate Jeff, you, Jeff. We hit a thousand followers on Twitter. I know, and I didn't. I I missed it. I must have been the start of the, the show. Is that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was concentrating on my on my horsey sauce by uh, instead. But but yeah, thank you for that. It was important yeah. to me, and I'm I glad appreciate we you that guys. Milestone. If you haven't already, Indeed. go ahead, go follow Toronto Till I Die at Toronto Till I Die on Twitter. Um, but that's mm. enough for us. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Toronto Till I Die. Uh, we will be back next week. So for Jeffrey Pinasker, I'm Michael Singh, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.